Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Province Sports Podcast. It's the White Tail Podcast. Patrick Johnson here hosting. Harrison Mooney guesting. Hi. Harrison, it's uh, the first time you've been on the White Tail since we relaunched. It's an honor. I've been waiting. Our uh, province podcast, Vancouver Sun Podcast, sports department podcasts. What an exciting long Doesn't name. that sound exciting? Yeah. Yeah, really nice and really nice and detailed. Yeah. We can like, we can we change the name? Can we have like the Patrick and Harrison heater hour or like no, the hot take oven. But battery. if you come back with better, a better title than the heater hour, yeah, that's true. That's no good. Top shelf with Patrick and the Harris. Pretty sure top shelf's already out there. Isn't top it? cheddar, top cheddar, top cheese. Yeah, there's lots. Well, you got you got stuff to work. You got some time. Okay. Hopefully you'll be back. I don't know. We're, we're like we're trying to do this twice a week. Right. Sometimes it's Paul. Sometimes it's me. Okay. Uh, Willis Ed Willis has been here. Well, I, think, I think we're dreaming of Ben Kuzma. One of these days. You've been here. But in the meantime, you're getting me. The real target is Scott Brown. Oh, yeah. He's got a good voice for this. Amazing. Uh, okay. Well, what are we talking about today? We're, we're talking about the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we're, we're speaking the day after the Canucks lost a, a, another frustrating 4-3 home loss against the Vegas Golden Knights, a game that they had pulled back to 3-3, Bo Horvat having an incredible third-period performance. Well, okay, so you and described then, you described it as frustrating, but as I understand it, Travis Green was actually pretty happy with his team. Well, he was, yeah, he philosophical. He said he was pissed off about the loss. Right. They, you know, they gave up a shorthanded goal with you know six minutes to play. Uh, that you know was a sort of cascade of errors that were all preventable. It was a bad goal for the team. <laughs> bad goal for the team. I mean, you know, I mean, it's one of those ones that you ask him about Jacob Markstrom who. You know, uh, doesn't have a great save percentage. Now, of course, save percentage involves more than just the goalie. Right. And I think that was kind of Trevor Green's point. He said, no, like, he's been making big saves. I, it's, like, it's not on him. So Can we briefly talk about the goalie? I feel like we, you know, a, a lot of, uh, we've talked a lot about the goalies so far this mm-hmm. year. Um, and I, I wonder if it matters that much. Uh, it seems to me that, uh, you know, the Canucks are trying to build a good team mm-hmm. here. And you should be a good team with about average goaltending. Like, yeah. you know, if you have better goaltending, that's great. Yeah. But you can't be relying on your goaltender at this point. You're in a rebuild. You're trying to get a good mm-hmm. team. I feel like it doesn't really matter uh, what level of goaltending they get at this stage. Well, you know, the league is so narrow. I think this is something we're going to come I, – I, we'll come back to this, I think, more broadly. But the league is so narrow that most teams – 
you know, most of the teams in the league are in a really narrow band and they're all trying to scrap for the playoffs and a goalie can make a difference. And I, you know, I, I get where Travis Green's coming to because you look at all four goals last night and everyone was not the goalie's fault. There was right. a, a, a great shot by Max, pa- Max Pacioretty on the, on the power play. There was a, uh, there was a, a another goal from Pacioretty that was off the rush. There was the, the winning goal by William Carlson, which involved a, you know, a turnover, three forwards blowing the zone, not doing, picking up the extra man. Ben Hutton kind of caught in no man's land, not able to intercept the pass. And, uh, and, and, you know, and, and I'm now drawing a blank, of course, on the fourth, on what the other goal would be, but you know, they, they were all ones where Markstrom or yeah, sorry, William Carrier, the puck hits his foot and goes in the net, right. which, you know, I, I mean, as I noted in my Canucks at night post was, Reminded us of a goal that happened that went in, you know, it was, it went the other way, but it hit two feet, mm-hmm. uh, Friday night in, in, um, in, or no, sorry, Saturday night in Los Angeles. Drew Doughty's shot hit Michael Delzato and Chris Nanov's feet on the way in. And so, you know, he's, you know, at that point had laughed. He said, you know, those have been going in all year. What am I supposed to do? And, right. you know, you understand. So, you know, from that standpoint, yeah, none of them are, but at the same time, it's sort of one of those ones where you're kind of going, you know, He's he's made so many big saves. Right. Why not one more? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we we do this thing after these games where you know Markstrom hasn't played great. He hasn't you know set the world on fire. Um, you know, but he's been a perfectly serviceable mm-hmm. goalie. But then we'll, we'll look at these goals that are, that are scored and say, oh well, you know, I mean, you can't really blame him on this one. You can't really blame him on this one. Right. And I get it. You know, I mean, the puck's supposed to go in. That's the point of the game. Uh, pucks are going to beat goalies. But at the same time, it's just it, it seems like it's so rare that we're talking about shots that you know, yeah, that's a fair one. Uh, to go in, but Markstrom stopped it. You right. Know? I, I feel like he he's he's not making many saves uh, that are that are keeping the Canucks in games. It seems right. like uh, either the team is good enough to win most nights, and it's not. Uh, you know, or uh, you know, Markstrom's uh, supposed to do something. Right. He doesn't have. He doesn't have uh, that. It seems like he doesn't have that ability to just kind of step up and yeah. and be the guy. But I don't know the, that you can ask him to do that right now. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it, yeah, and I think that's the moral of the story. And is that you know, even though this is a team that is, you know, they're getting three goals a lot of nights. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're 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 getting good enough offense that they should they should have more wins. Which brings us back to the topic at hand, which is Travis Green who said, "Listen, if my team played like they did against Vegas on Thursday night." You know, 82 times a year, we're going to have more wins than I think most people expected we were going to when we started this season. And I, I totally get his point. You know, he's, 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 he clearly learned a lot last year. Uh, you know, obviously coming back with the same defense was, you know, as an organizational choice, a bit head scratching because you'd think if you're trying to progress, if you're trying to move forward, that you would improve the worst part of your, well, you change things anyway, yeah. you know, that, that you'd say, listen, this, this particular grouping didn't work. They've, they've done things better. They're still giving, I mean, I write, I write this almost every night. They're still giving away too many shots in good scoring areas, but they're doing a better job of defending against the rush. That's and true. that makes a big difference. And, you know, shots off the rush have been found to have a better chance of going in than shots from a more stationary spot. So, you know, that makes a difference. And, you know, he, they're creating goal. You know, we, we've asked Green time and again about finishing and time and again, he said, listen, the guys who score goals in this league get paid. And, you know, he's honest. His team doesn't have. Or, or 
you can get paid by Jim Benning well, for not scoring goals. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, that, that, is that the Louis Erickson story? <laughs> yeah, that's the story of, I think, most free agent signs. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and I think that the truth is, is that in the end, you end up with the team that you have, which is that you gotta, you're gonna have to try to create goals maybe more than you deserve. You deserve on, on sort of on paper skill. You try to be more than the sum of your parts. And, you know, I think in a lot of cases they've done that. They, Green has basically said, I want, I mean, he hasn't said this directly, but you can tell by the way the team's playing. You know, they want shots from the scoring chance area, which means that they are going to pass up shots and, and they are losing the shot attempts battle as a result because of that. Right. I Which, mean, they're also like we do this thing where we look for reasons why the Canucks might be losing the shot at mm-hmm. battle, and I think we know the real reason, which is that they just don't have enough skill yet. Well, and they're honest about it. They played a lot of teams that are just flat out better than them, yeah. And and that's a lot of the story. And, I, and so I I guess what I mean in that sense is they accept that's going to happen. Right. So let's try to make sure our shots are good ones anyway. Do you okay? So returning the same defense. Uh, you know, and accepting that that's going to happen. Right. It seems like the Canucks maybe are accepting that they're not, they're just not going to be that good. Like the one thing that I'll say in Jim Benning's defense for bringing back this, you know, the same, uh, blue line right. is, I mean, what's the point in doing something different? Like you're going to make some lateral moves, try to that's get true. some guys that are going to maybe help you finish 11th in the conference instead of right. 14th. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the what the point is, and so I mean I can see Travis Green being happy with a game like last night where yeah they lost, but you know the team is starting to play more like I want them to play, and yeah the 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 win doesn't matter as much it seems like right now as as process. Well, yeah, that exactly emotionally wins matter that they won once in eleven games. You're not that's not an enjoyable. Well, when experience. you're not winning, you move the goalposts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, fair point. Yeah. I mean, I would say th- th- I would say at the same time though that th- that's a that's a set of goalposts that he's pretty consistently maintained since since training camp. I mean, it, it was a <laughs> not exactly a bold statement by him, but it's not a statement you often hear from coaches. He said, "Listen, guys, we're not here to win the Stanley Cup." Right? You know, he was honest about it. Um, even when they had their hot start, and people said, "Oh, you know, maybe maybe the playoffs are a bit more in reach than we thought." Even then, he wouldn't really entertain. He said, "No, he's just." I want us to be better tonight than we were last night. You know, pretty straightforward, obvious stuff from a coaching and from a leadership standpoint. So, you know, I think, I think in the end it is, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, 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 when you're not winning, talk about something else, talk about how well you're playing. And that's, you know, I mean, that's what else is he going to say? Oh, my team is not listening to me anymore. And, that's why we're playing like crap. Well, you know, you know where that's going to end up. Is the team checking out on Travis? Yeah. No, they're definitely not. Nah, I thought maybe you had. Some no, they're not. They're definitely news. not. No, they're not. They're not. It's it's a. No, they're not. They 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 are enjoying. I mean, that's the good news. Is they enjoy playing with each other yeah. and they enjoy hanging out with each other. And I'm working on a story on Elias Pettersson for next week, and so I ended up asking, "What about him? Just who is he? You know what's." Who is this, you know, now 20 year old kid who's, you know, living in a city a long, a long way from home? And I believe his name is Elias Patterson. What, uh, yeah, what, what have you, what have you learned about him? What have I learned about him? Well, he, he's quiet. Everyone says he's quiet. He really, like, okay, so he I, is I actually to... quiet. That's what the guy, that's what the players are telling me. I, like, I mean, I, I want to believe that, but I mean, this is the kid who painted himself gold after, you know, 
for I, winning in Sweden. I, I just have a hard time believing that this kid who arrived in, in the NHL on top of the world he picks, like a week into his career, they were like, is he Gretzky? Is he somehow better than Gretzky? He picks is he his, like Bobby Orr except a forward who's also Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, how can you – be like a quiet – I'm assuming humble. Those two words yeah. tend to go together. How can you be that kind of guy mm. when you're Elias Patterson? I think he's – I think he picks his spots. You know, I, I I mentioned this to Edler. You know, Edler, another quiet guy, and he sort of says – you know, I mean Edler sort of su- suggested this is just the Swedish nature. Right. And I, I'll buy into that to some degree. I guess there's but a, we, like there's always exceptions to that rule. No, of course. Know? And he's I don't I think the point is that he's not the exception. He does have a very dry sense of humor, and you see it come out. And I brought it up with with both Edler and Besser, and they both smile because they're like, "You're right." You know, he he picks his spots um, to to sort of show himself, and you know, it, it's also something I asked at, I asked Besser about, and it's sort of one of those ones. Okay, now how do I actually fit this into the story? But mm-hmm. Because it's a bit about Besser as well, but I, I essentially asked, you know, Besser obviously at one point was a rookie in college hockey, and you're the 18, 19 year old kid coming into a room full of guys that are clearly adults, um, adults in the hockey sense, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but now, but you know, you compare that to a hockey dressing room where where there definitely are, you know, guys in their late twenties, early thirties. It's not the same as walking old, old men, old, old men in their mid thirties, in their, in their early thirties. Um, but yeah, you know, nonetheless, in comparison to a a college room, uh, you know, it's, there's a, there is potentially a different, yeah, they're all young guys. And, you know, and you mean the other thing is college guys. I mean, you know, in theory, they're in college. So they're a bit more boisterous, but whatever rambunctious, um, belligerent. Anyway, Besser said, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, you, you come in and it's the kind of, you, you, you kind of, you're quiet. You mm-hmm. don't want to rock the boat. You want to sort of figure out who's who, you know, how, how does this room operate? You know, you don't want to get picked on. Right. I mean, yeah. that's normal when you go into Which, any workplace. Yeah. yeah. And you pick any your spots. With 10 so or more people in it. yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out, you know, but I, you know, the, that, that Besser sort of said at the same time too, though, you know, that, you know, you pick your moments to tell your jokes or mm-hmm. to, to, to make, do something funny. And, you know, he said, yeah, sometimes he stands up and he says stuff and he doesn't, he doesn't say a lot. He doesn't, he's not a, he's not, he's not a, you know, I didn't get the sense that this, you know, I got the sense that he's not the life of the party guy. Right. You know, that we all know guys, even when they were young, you know, they were new to the group, they just took over. Right. You know, that, that was their, that was their nature. And he's not like that. And, you know, maybe some of that's about the fact that he's just able to back it up and he just goes on plays and, and he's such a good hockey player. So are you saying that you don't think he's future captain material? I have no idea. No. Do you, uh, I mean, that's something I wondered about because, you know, as soon as he showed up and he was so great for, I mean, he's been great this whole time. Right. But those first couple of weeks, people were already like, well, forget Bo Horvat. The new captain is no. Elias Patterson. Well, I mean, he could be. He's, he's funny. He's honest. Right. He, I mean, that was, I think the thing that caught most of us by surprise, I suppose. We're so used to, um, players that if they're not sure what to say, they just fall back on a cliche. You know, canned answers. They pass the buck right. a little bit. You know, and, and, or they just don't want to get caught saying the wrong thing. I mean, right. this is something I go back to when I was a teacher and that you'd always run in. You'd ask the, the class a question and, you know, maybe it was a challenging question, question that maybe challenged what they were, their assumptions a little bit. And more often than not, the first couple of questions were people trying to get, guess, but not be wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, guys, it's okay if you 
just tell me what you think. Like, there's no judgment here. And, it, you know, I think that's a, that's a common life personalities that we're, yeah. we don't want to be wrong. Well, I mean, I hate being wrong, but I'll tell you that I hate even more than being wrong is being wrong into a microphone. Yeah. That's the worst. Time well, thank God we have you now. I know. That's why I'm letting you lead. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with, 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 with Pedersen, you know, in an interview, partly it's because English is still something he's, he's learning. And Bester joked about this too. He said, you know, he'll ask me what a word is or whatever. And, and I said, well, he does that with us too. And, and he said, yeah, you know, I think sometimes he's a bit unsure, you know, where, what direction things are going. And that's part of him learning it too. So he, he, he pauses. He thinks about what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. I think partly because it's a bit of a self-defense mechanism. He's, he's, pondering what his answer will come across as right. where the answer will be taken and that's fair enough um but in the end you get these really actually quite thoughtful answers mm-hmm. and and that's been great i mean i hope i hope it carries on we've all said this we hope it carries on because it, you know it makes it makes it makes our life easier if you have if you can understand like he's willing to talk about plays and you'll say well what about this what about that he that actually seems to be when he's most Happiest. I mean, that helps that he scores a lot of goals. So you can ask him, what about this play? Like the, the, the play last Saturday, um, when he anticipated Dion Phaneuf's outlet pass, right. just stepped in, took the pass, skated it and scored. What did he say? Well, yeah, he said he saw, he realized that was what was happening. He tried to delay his move. It happened. He stepped in on the puck, took the puck and then went in on, on the goalie and I, you know, I asked basically two questions. I said, first of all, did you put it where you wanted to? And he says, yeah, I, you know, I saw there was a bit of space there and I, I hit it, you know, just above his pad. And I said, also, was there sort of a sense from you that you needed to make this all happen quickly because the goalie, of course, mentally would be expecting the puck to be cleared. Right. And, you know, he was quite funny. He said, well, you know, I've never played goalie, <laughs> but I would imagine that yeah. if I were a goalie, you know, I would expect the puck to be out. I wouldn't be ready for someone to be shooting right away. Right. And yeah, you know, that helped you understand. It helps you, you know, when you're covering a team and covering a game, it helps you write, um, with, I think it helps you write better because you're, you actually understand what's happening. You can actually extrapolate from that as opposed to having to guess. So his, uh, like his awareness, I mean, his ability to just jump in and, you know, pick off those passes, yeah. uh, has been just consistently mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, he did it again on Thursday. On yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Uh, although I'm going to add my one and only criticism of Elias Pettersson here. He falls down too much, man. This guy's always falling down. And, you know, I get that he still made an incredible pass from his knees, but when he went down, I was like, Typical. Is he pro? Are you? Were you pro or anti Mason Raymond? Uh, I liked Mason Raymond. I thought he was great. Were you? Uh, were you in the he falls down too much camp? Oh yeah, you know. And I will say too, like there some guys just fall down a lot, and I think it's fun. Like it's uh, it's fun when you see that kind of personality coming out in their skating. Yeah. You know, some guys will just like whip around the ice and fall down like crazy, but they're fast. And you know, other guys are a little bit more stoic on their feet, and they're they're not going to lose their footing. But a guy like Pedersen, like he. I've seen him lean on guys uh, in a way where, like, if that guy just backs off a little, you know, like when, when you know, in grade school, like someone would like lean against you or push you, and you could just kind of step out of the way, and they'd fall 
Do you ever get any of that? You made your friends fall a lot in school? I mean, you know, just people who were getting up in my grill, Patrick. But I'm just saying, Patterson leans on guys where all they'd have to do is, you know, move over an yeah. inch and he'd I go understand. down. Uh, yeah, and he just he 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 plays like he doesn't really care if he's on his feet or not. No, and yeah, he showed that last night, didn't yeah. he? Um, all right, here's my next question. Here's my question for you. All right. It's topic number two. What's your angle on this season's angle? Oh yeah, what's the what's the approach? I mean, you know, I think it's uh, it, it's interesting to talk. Which, to by the way, is in response to essentially to Green yeah. saying. You know, I'm focused on the process. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's interesting to see that. Uh, you know, I mean, inside the room, obviously, the Canucks aren't going to admit that. You know, this is a rebuilding year. Ideally, they don't make the playoffs. Ideally, they get a high draft right. pick. You know, I mean, they're all trying very hard, but uh, I don't think that they're going to beat themselves up over these one goal losses mm-hmm. where they showed well and ah, just didn't get the points that are going to take our high draft pick away. You know, that's fine. Um, but for me, um, as a as a spectator. You know, I mean, I'm watching to see who's going to emerge as uh, a member of this this core that they're, you know, trying to build. Like mm-hmm. we've seen with teams like Winnipeg and Nashville or Toronto that have kind of assembled a, like a real core now. Uh, and you can see like, okay, these are the six guys and then they'll surround them with a kind of rotating cast. Um, but for the Canucks, you know, the question is still who's who are who are these guys? Right. And a few have emerged, right? I mean, Patterson for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he he showed up and was so clearly like a first line center, a game changing superstar. Some people are willing to say, "Oh, the rebuild's over." You know, right. they found their guy. But uh, you need more than that. So you've got Patterson, you've got Horvat, uh, Besser. Uh, everybody is pretty sure that Quinn Hughes is going to be one of these guys. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. I mean, you know, I, I look at the, the defense that hasn't changed at all. And the question for me is like, are any of these guys going to be members of the core? Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I like Troy Stetcher. Some people don't like Troy Stetcher. Which is shocking to me. It is shocking. We can talk about that later. Uh, you know, I think like Hutton could make a case. Uh, it still Hutton's, seems like, Hutton's improved. I, yeah. I, you know, those who haven't seen it, and I, I've linked to it a couple times. Daryl Keeping at Canucks Army wrote a really interesting piece basically just looking at how much more Hutton is doing and it's clearly I mean he called it he called it uh what did he call it he called it he called it veggies uh he called it ve- veggies and and uh and not veggies and dip he called it what did he call them veggies and this is as opposed to meat and potatoes as no as opposed to as opposed to cheese and crackers Hutton uh, okay. oh right veggies I'll take veggies <laughs> and dip Hutton or whatever yeah it is. it's just the point was that Hutton's leaner and it's just yeah he's fitter and he's more able to it's something that I've learned covering other sports yeah. and reading but he's just able to repeat things better which means he's just doing more yeah he's and, also just skating better yeah you know he's finding gaps uh, he's blowing away from guys coming out from behind the net. Like, there's a lot of good things. About and his coach is playing him, which is a reflection. I mean, that, that again, we, we talk about the return of the eight guys, which, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, you'd rather not. Mm-hmm. You'd rather just bring, I think, have brought all of you Levy in, you know, because he's a guy that they're planning to be part of their core. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd hope he would be, but yeah, I mean, looking at like Hutton could be kind of a, yeah. a, a member of the of this core, but uh, you know, Hutton Stetcher are kind of on the bubble. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Edler and Tanev? Like yeah. Edler, it seems like maybe will never leave. Uh, I feel like no, they, he's they could trade to. him, and he just yeah. refused to report. Yeah. Like, no, I'm I'm a Vancouver Canuck for life. Um, he seems like a guy like like Barry Sanders who just retired before he'd accept a trade to somewhere yeah, else. So I'm not I mean, playing anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I like this uniform. Yeah. Here or nowhere. 
Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, these guys are still guys that like maybe they're going to be part of the core going forward. I don't know. So I, I'm interested in the players that are on the bubble and the players that are making a case for themselves this year. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, Patterson has okay. been a fun story, but the guys that have been compelling to me have been guys like Ben Hutton and like Jake Vertanen who, you know, seem to be knocking on the door and saying, you know, when this team establishes its identity, I'm going to be part of it. And so that's been the interesting thing for me. I don't really care if the Canucks win or lose. Right. I just kind of want to know how this reality show is going to shake out right. and who the final six contestants are going to be. You're, it's Canucks Survivor. It basically is. I mean, at this point, it, it, it has to be. Like, what else are we, what else are we watching? Because we're not watching, you know, their, their march towards the Stanley Cup. That's not the narrative of this year. No. The narrative is just who's going to emerge when they're ready to make their march for the Stanley Cup. Well, I mean, I mean, this was, I think, the fourth item on our list, but I'm going to jump ahead because the, uh, the the transition is so good. Ooh. Could we be talking about – I mean, is it even worth talking about playoffs? I mean, it's it's hard. I mentioned already this week, like, even if even if you set aside the fact they've lost 10 of, 10 of their last 11, it, it's so difficult – to make the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of teams treading, wa- tre- treading water. But, you know, when you look at the fact that San Jose are the favorites, I would say Calgary, you know, despite some flaws, is probably going to be in there. You know, Vegas, it's hard to say that the team that made the Stanley Cup final is going to slump so badly they aren't going to make the playoffs. And they've been playing better lately. And, you know, there were a lot of reasons to think that they were always going to get back on. That's three. You know, Connor McDavid is playing for a bizarrely built team. I mean, I friggin' hilarious today. The Oilers pick up a winger whose name escapes me, but ostensibly, well, we need to shore up our wings. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you traded two pretty good ones. Yeah. I, uh, Peter Chiarelli is like, uh, you know, a guy that you asked to, to renovate your kitchen and he just knocks out a bunch of walls in the living room. And you're like, I don't remember asking for this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but wait until you see the plastic cover that's going to go over this <laughs> hole I made. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Very decorative. Yeah. You're really going to like and, it. What does it have to do with the hole in my wall? Yeah. It just seems like you created a bunch of unnecessary holes. Yeah. No. I redecorated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the point being that the playoff chase, no matter what, was always going to be hard. Yeah, I mean, like I don't, I don't want to say you know forget about the playoffs because you know the playoffs are the the wonderful MacGuffin that drives this whole yeah. this whole narrative. Yeah. Like you know, I, I, every team is is striving to make the playoffs, but I mean, it's as as completely meaningless whether or not the Canucks do make the playoffs as like. You know, whether the Avengers get that big box from space or, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is they're trying to get. Like, who cares about the big box from space? Show me the team coming together. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, sure. Like, chase that big box from space. But uh, this, this is this is about the team. For it, if, if they if they make I mean, if they make the playoffs, is that a bad thing? I mean, I guess so. Uh like yes, because you know we all just want the Canucks to draft Jack Hughes and have have the best brothers. I don't think in the that's happening again. though. I mean, probably not, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, especially if they keep losing. <laughs> um, what but, is it that Mike McCurdy calls that that range, or it's like, he's the range of sadness? Like you're just you miss the playoffs, and you're like too good to really be seriously ca- oh, yeah. taken serious in the draft lottery. There is a good term for that. Yeah, he's got a good one. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, you, you can't rule the playoffs out entirely. And who knows? Um, if the Canucks do make the playoffs, that's fun. You know, you get to watch some playoff games, uh, and the, the players are going to get experience. 
Uh, and I mean, frankly, I just kind of want to see Elias Pettersson in the playoffs. Like, I don't, I don't care that much if the Canucks get a high draft pick. Yeah. If he just does like one cool thing to win a, a playoff game, I'm fine. But uh, yeah, ideally, they, I guess, they don't make the playoffs. I don't really want to root against the Canucks, um, but preferably they lose most of their games. Micah just calls it the sadness sweepstakes. Oh yeah, chance of missing the playoffs and not picking in the top five. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be the Canucks if Pedersen keeps playing. Yeah, the way he's been playing. And he's been playing really well. That's the other thing that I think people perhaps haven't noticed. Maybe he hasn't well, noticed that Pedersen's. Well, no, he just hadn't been putting up points. Right. There was a, you know, there was sort of a, that, that, on that losing string. I mean, he still scored three goals, but he only had four points in 10 games, which, you know, Terrible. just dreadful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a tough way to, to start your, your mm-hmm. NHL career too. You come in, you show well, uh, you are clearly the best player on your team. Um, and so, you know, all of the other teams are going to key to defending you. And then all these other centers that are going to kind of help take some of the weight off these guys that are supposed to be doing that, you know, your Sutter and your Jay Beagle, right. they go down. Yeah. And now it's just like Horvat taking every face off. And anytime that he's it's insane, out there, it's how like many Pedersen get yeah. out there. It's insane how many faceoffs Horvat's taken. Yeah. Do you like, uh, I, I like that now that he's taken a lot of faceoffs, people are starting to go like Selkie. Is it, uh, well, he's playing well enough. He's playing honest. Well, yeah, it is kind of. And like, he's not the best defensive centerman in the NHL, but he's a lot better than he used to be. Mm-hmm. And that was something I noted last night was that, you know, in the midst of all this, Bo Horvat's having a hell of a season. Yeah. An incredible season. And, and, and it's legit now. It's, it's, you know, I, I, Remember a game a couple of years ago where I was just in the stands as a fan and he was, you know, I guess it would have probably a second year in the league and Willie put him up head to head against Ryan Getzlaff. Right. And Bo never left the, like his own end. Like yeah. he just got eaten alive and that doesn't happen anymore. Like he's been putting out really strong numbers against really good players. Yeah. And he's doing it with not much help. Not I mean, much. His wingers no, are, no. I think I saw a, a stat from, uh, uh, Jason Botchford. Who once worked here? Some uh, guy, yeah. <laughs> you know that uh, uh, after who was it? Like after uh, like Tim Schaller is his most used, it's, winger. which is who has no goals. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like it's that. Been scratched I, four times right, and has but... no goals. Oh yeah, no, no. His his most common wingers have been yeah, exactly. It's guys who just be, partly because it's sort of seeing well, Bo's gonna have to carry the load defensively, and it's also like well, you got to put somebody there and. Mm-hmm. That's the state of the Canucks lineup right now. That actually uh, brings me to one of my favorite narratives. Like I mentioned, you know, Jake Vertanen's <laughs> a guy that I've really enjoyed watching this year. Uh, and I feel like, you know, because Travis Green trusts Bo Horvat so much, he trusts him all the time. Like, whoa, who do I want to put out there? I'm thinking Bo. Uh, because of that, Vertanen has had a hard time getting onto Horvat's line. Right. And it sure seems like their styles of play really would complement yeah. one another, this kind of like north-south game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like a lot of brawn. You know, they're not they're not Pedersen and Goldobin who are going to do it with nifty passing. Yeah, yeah. Like they're just going to go straight ahead. I'm going to beat you because I'm stronger. Yeah. Uh, so you'd think that they would play well together, but in order for Vertanen to get on that line, he has to earn Travis Green's trust, and uh, it just seems like he he hasn't quite done it yet. He's been working his he way. He has there. his moments. Yeah. Yeah, and every now and then, you know, he'll get a look on that line for like a couple of shifts. Yeah. But I feel like if Vertanen is a top six winger, it's going to be. On Bo Horvat's yes. wing eventually, uh, and he has to earn that, and it's been fun to watch him try. You know, it's been interesting watching Vertanen this season because, you know, obviously he scored some goals. There is a, a, a narrative that uh, a particular radio station has been 
pushing, which is fun. Shotgun Jake. Shotgun Jake. Well, uh, well done, Halford and Bruff. You want to know my my hot take on on shotgunning beers? Don't like just 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 don't like it's drink just them a waste. Way. It's just a waste. Drink them the normal way. Yeah, but that's not fun. It is fun. Have you ever had three beers the normal way? It's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. Patrick. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, but no, Vertanen. What I was gonna say was Vertanen. You know he he's been scoring. Uh, he's been finding ways to get in behind the defense again, yeah. which was how he scored almost all his goals in junior. And obviously the NHL is a lot harder to do because the defensemen are way better than yeah, they are in junior. Um, and you know, so his, in- so there's certain aspects of his game that he never really, I suppose, honed in is the word, you know, g- generally isn't a guy that finds himself in the slot, which is where goals come from. Right. He's been doing a better job of that this year. And he's also just trying to do stuff like he'll, he carries, he loves carrying the pocket and he's a great skater. He loves coming around, loves swooping behind the net and they're trying to get him just put the puck back into the slot, see yeah. what happens. And so you're seeing more stuff like that. And I think they're, they, you know, it's the other thing too, as you grow up, you start realizing, you know, like a, a rugby coach once talked to me about the concept of capacity. I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but the, just the idea that, you know, an athlete is capable of doing so much during a game. And most athletes don't realize how much they're able to do. Right. You know, for a long time, some of them never realize it. And, you know, to talk about Hutton is a great example of a guy who all of a sudden discovered he could actually do way more than he ever mm-hmm. thought. I think Vertanen's now into that mode where yeah. he's starting to realize, you know, it's, it's not just a question of sort of some shifts I go full blast and then I have to take off the next couple shifts to kind of find myself. It's understanding that you can actually have a really high average sort of output mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the peak. But it's still incredibly useful and right. productive. And, you know, I think he's kind of in that mode now and he's starting to, he's really started to figure that out. Yeah. I and mean, I think it helps that he's seeing the ice better too. I mean, yeah. That pass that he made. Oh, yeah. On, uh, Adam Gaudet's first NHL yes. goal was uh, a pass that Jake Vertanen of years past no. is not making. Well, and there was an outlet pass last night that he made that was just a fantastic tape to tape pass. Connects have not had a lot of nice outlet passes this season. And, and some of that's by design. Some of that's just been pure skill. Like by Jim Benning's design. Uh, no, I, I think it's by the way they're, I mean, designed by in the sense of the way that they're actually, that they've been strategize, strategizing their approach to the game in right. terms of what they're actually trying to do down ice. Because of the fact they are a quicker team now. They're actually are, they are causing problems for teams and by using their speed and not, not necessarily focus as much on carrying the puck out, which, you know, in general is what you want to do. Um, but they're trying to optimize what they have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so the pass like that was, was notable. I think he hit Mark Scranlon in stride and it was, you know, created a, essentially a, a zone exit and zone entry on, on one move, mm-hmm. uh, which is the kind of thing they've been trying to do. And they've been throwing the high winger. And that's partly why, her, uh, for Tandon himself has had a few more breaks on the, on the back end because he's been asked to fly high and try to, try to pick off some passes and put yeah. pressure on the defenseman while he's in full stride. Yeah, he said something, uh, I feel like it might have been in one of your pieces, uh, just about seeing the ice, uh, you know, better every game. Yeah. Um, that's been a general topic for him. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I talked to him, you mentioned the goal, Goddard's goal. And I, yeah, he just, yeah, he just played it. He played it simply, he played it perfectly. Things happened. You know, he didn't think about it. He just played. And when, when he does that. Yeah. It's so much better. 
Um, last topic we yes. get before we go. You want to talk about Troy Stetcher because I wrote oh, about him this week. Yeah, uh, so Troy Stetcher was was a healthy scratch in a game last week on Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah, a surprise healthy scratch. Yeah, and and people were quite surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw a lot of I don't want to use outrage because I feel like that word has we just use it to dismiss <sighs> tweets. You know, uh, but I saw a lot of anger. Twitter specializes in outrage. Yes, it does. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of anger. People were uh, were annoyed that uh, Stetcher was out of the lineup to make room for Alex Biega. Um, and I think the argument was that shouldn't happen. Stetcher is a better hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, you know, this year has been the year that, that Stetcher has started to get that. Maybe now that Hutton isn't getting that as right. much where people are questioning his utility. Uh, as a as a, a defenseman, which is too bad because he does so many things really well. I mean, last night there were two there were examples of uh, on I, I think it was the second Pacioretty goal. Stetcher did have a bad read and and you know literally got beat into the zone, uh, much like Hutton made a bad read on the fourth goal. I mean, it, the goal wasn't was was created before Hutton was involved, but Hutton had a chance to make a difference and got caught. Essentially, no man's land. But Stetcher mostly has been really good. He's a really tough. Um, his angles. I mean, this is the thing. He's a li- you know he's a little guy, and you know his survival as a first a player in NCAA hockey and now in the NHL has been totally about his ability to dial in on the play and understand. What he, you know, he, he's not going to throw a huge hit. He's not that kind of guy. And even those kinds of guys are less and less now because mm-hmm. of the importance of positional hockey. But the only way he, he's going to be a difference maker is if he's in the right spot all the time. And he's really good at that. He's really good at, at stopping, um, rushes into the, into his end. He's, he just is in the right spot. He forces teams to dump the puck in. He uh, makes really nice. I mean, he's a really nice passer. He moves the puck well. He's a good skater. And yeah, the numbers back it up. He's had a really good season on a team that, you know, like I said, is, has done well enough with the puck, but has been giving up too many goals. And well, then why, are, why is he getting scratched? I think, it, you know, I mean, it's one of those ones. It's complicated. I, I, I'm not sure the solution as proposed made sense, but he's back in the lineup. He's playing with Ben Hutton. You know, the, the reason why he was scratched, Travis Green said, was he wanted to get Alex Biega a game, which, you know, it, Certain level, fair enough. He hasn't played. You need to make sure your guys are fresh. Uh, he got in the lineup Tuesday night. We don't actually know what was going to happen because Eric Goodbranson all of a sudden had a neck injury right. and wasn't able to play. So, which meant Stetcher came back in automatically, and Biega stayed in the lineup, and Goodbranson was out, and Goodbranson's still out. Like he was skating on the fourth pairing at practice today. Doesn't look like he's going to play on Saturday. Uh, we, you know, he was asked, or uh, Travis Green was asked about Goodbranson's health status. He basically said, yeah, you know, he's on, you know, basically called him day to day, whatever that means. When did he suffer the injury? Uh, in, I believe the, believe it was in practice on Monday. Um, because yeah, it was a bit of a surprise that he wasn't available, but, uh, or that he, that he, yeah, that he wasn't available to play. And you know what? I mean, Goodbranson actually has not, you know, he's been okay. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, he's, he partly, he's been asked to play a bigger role than I think they intended for him to do because Chris Tanev and Alex Edler were hurt. He mostly did all right. You know, I mean, that's some of the story of that losing streak was that the, all of a sudden the Canucks had, I think, six guys out injured and all, you're asking guys to do more than they were intended to do. And right. at some point that comes home to roost and you, you, you can't keep patching up 
the boat anymore and the leaks – there's just too many leaks. OK. Well, this leads me to one last question yeah. then before we go. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, with Eric Branson out, mm-hmm. who is going to avenge all of the big nasty <laughs> hits against Canucks players? Well, No one I no think one. is the answer. No one. How come they're not uh, getting mad about these things? Uh, you know, Edler uh, got hit by yeah. Ryan Reeves yeah. last night, uh, and a lot of yeah. people were mad. The yeah. Canucks, not nothing, so mad. Nothing happened. Yeah, that's. I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's one of those ones where it's kind of where the game is now. I, I think, uh, you know, the, the the sort of they talk a lot about not getting too high, not getting too low. You know, emotions are something that the, everyone tries to put aside now, and uh, you know, I think I think especially for those of us who've come up. Being used to seeing reactions and the liberties respond, liberties and you know guys in the lineup who that was what they would do, you know it's it's a strange new era and I think I do think we're gonna we are I mean we're just generally I mean fights are way down yeah no I mean you know the Canucks have had I couldn't even tell you how many three fights this year and two of them have been good Branson yeah like I I couldn't even tell you how many fights they've had this year so. Uh, you know, you talked to Tom, I mean, when I talked to Thomas Gradine before the season and he talked about how he once had to fight Jack McElhargy in a pre-training camp scrimmage. Well, just to prove he could do it. Just to prove that he was a tough, he wasn't a... Not one of those quiet Swedes we've heard so much about. No, worse than that, chicken shit Swede. Ooh, is that what he said? That's what he that... said. That's quoting. But, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and he said, you know, you just don't have to do it anymore. It just doesn't happen. The game is so evolved and, you know, that, you know, you look at, you know, you look... You look at who, like, just look at Travis Green's junior career to see who's, his, you know, some of his teammates. I mean, he played with Link Gates. Yeah. Link Gates, who was just, who was one of the craziest goons there ever was. I mean, in that era of the WHL, teams didn't warm up at the same time. They took turns because they just, there were just too many shenanigans happening. Yeah. Um, I think too, I mean, the NHL has cut the middleman out a little bit. You yeah. Know, because if they're going to punish head hits, uh, and then the other hits are, uh, we assume clean. Right. Well, then, like, what hits are you fighting about? Well, that's it. And, you know, you identified one, which is, you know, the, the coach and the player both said, well, I don't think it was much of anything. I, I kind of went in thinking, you know, there's a story here. You know, this is the, the Reeves hit is the kind of hit the NHL should be going after. And, you know, I think that's probably, I mean, that's a discussion we'll have another time, I'm sure. Cause, you know, there's, there's incidental contact and there's trying to teach responsibility and, where does you know where does supplemental discipline come into that? That's that's a whole other question, I think, and a lot of people have interesting thoughts on that. Um, but not you, us, not on this. N- not not today. <laughs> but uh, no, you, you know, it's funny. You say who's going to stand up? Well, I mean, nobody. I mean, that's that's the reality. You, you might get you might Roussel's the kind of guy that he'll he'll, he'll get in, he'll get in your face. He might bite you, you know, because he only he knows he's only going to get fined now, and. Uh, but that's just kind of where the game is. And I need to be honest, I'm fine with it. I don't. Yeah, me too. I mean, honestly, like it, if I, I would be far more deterred by knowing that there was a guy who would bite me if I took liberties than a guy who yeah. chased me around the ice. <laughs> bite me. <laughs> yeah. That's just, the name of the podcast. Yeah, we did it. All right, buddy. Good talking. All right, folks, that's Harrison at Harrison Mooney on Twitter. I'm at Rising Action. Of course, if you're listening to us in Apple uh, Podcasts, please rate and review us. Suggest to your friends. The white towel feed is in there. And uh, if you're looking for another way to play it, well, that's on the page. Hopefully you can find the link. See you, I guess, next week. Probably probably Paul, maybe Willis, maybe me. Probably not me. Maybe me. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. See ya. We'll see what happens.